Good morning again, Sarepta. It is lovely to be with you. Thank you for your hospitality, having me in your homes again, um, and uh, for taking the time to hear this word, which I really believe uh, God is turning up the volume of, especially as circumstances may, for some, be getting more and more difficult. We need to hear God speaking louder to us in times when it seems as though many other things are distracting and trying to pull us down. I started a little theme with you those uh, few weeks ago on the subject of pitching our tents in the land called Hope. And last week, Alan uh, spoke about the second of the tent pegs that hold it in place, um, which is the presence of God. I had spoken the time before that about uh, the sovereignty of God, the fact that God is king and that he's got everything under control um, uh, and that he will not allow things to happen in our lives that will destroy or take us out of this purpose of God that he has. Um, the, the, the second tent peg Alan introduced last week, which is the presence of God, and he spoke so well about reminding us of the prophecies, the fact that all the way through history, God had intended this, that his main purpose was to dwell among his people, that the prophetic word about the Messiah was, he, you will call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. And right at the end of the story in Revelation 22, the Lord will come and take up residence um, among his people. And they will be his people and he will be their God. Uh, so, And that this in, is indeed our blessed hope. This is our message. Our God not only reigns, but our God wants to dwell uh, with every person. He wants to enter the heart and be in a relationship with every individual. So, pitching your tent in Hopeland will require that you drive this particular tent peg thoroughly into the piece of land, the, the uh, sphere of influence, your relationships, your home, your family, um, and all of those people with whom you have interaction. And so, I thought I would take a few more moments today to uh, tease out a few more uh, ideas around this tent peg called the presence of God. It's vital for us to understand that this, this little phrase, God with us, being present with us, is the kind of central issue in the entire story of salvation. That, um, as I said previously, the his purpose has always been that he may dwell among his people. That, uh, that the, the, not only the, the essence, but the sum total of salvation is God's presence with us, and especially uh, in times of difficulty. When we read the particular promises of God in times of things like plague, things like um, uh, famine, things like uh, uh, persecution. Um, the, the thing that he says over and over again is, don't be afraid, I will be with you. Alan spoke last week about 
the three boys in the furnace who were, whose, whose salvation came about because God entered the furnace with them. I don't know if they had had in mind Isaiah's uh, prophecy from Isaiah 43 where he says, When you walk through the fire, uh, you will not be burned. I will be with you and I will redeem you. Matthew 28, uh, the other text that Alan spoke about last week, uh, where Jesus in his final words to his disciples says, um, Go, make disciples, um, and by the way, there will be, he says this in John, John's version of it, there will be persecution, there will be rejection, there will be misunderstanding. If they, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. So be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And in Matthew 28, he goes on, and I will be with you always, even to the close of the age. Of course, a, a text that uh, has been very meaningful over the course of many years of being at the at the sick beds and the death beds of people um, is Psalm twenty three verse five, where he says, uh, "Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, not because you will take me out of that valley, not because you will allow me to fly over the valley." Uh, to avoid the valley, but because you are with me. He is with us in our struggles. He is with us in our sufferings. He is with us in our persecutions. And when everyone else rejects us, the Lord will stay. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He doesn't promise the absence of fire or shadow or death or plague. In, in fact, as I said earlier, he he promises exactly the opposite. He said, these things will happen. In the world, you will have tribulation. But the promise is, it's going to be different for you because of my presence. And because of my presence, you can drive that tent peg in to hold you in hope. Some years ago, I had one of those polite conversations um, with the Lord. Um, uh, the, the, my polite conversations start with the question. I, I also have some impolite conversations that start with the same question. The question is this, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? Uh, the impolite version of those, you can find them, uh, many of them in the Psalms and the, uh, in the prophets uh, where people are complaining and saying, Lord, Wake up. Why have you left us? Why have you abandoned me? Why, why, do you, uh, why don't you listen when I pray, etc.? And, and there were many times when it's almost like the, the prophet or the psalmist is dialing up. Uh, here's, here's a sound that probably most of you um, have never heard, but some of you who may be uh, my kind of age will remember. This is the sound of dialing up the dial-up internet modem sound. Uh, I don't know how many of you remember not only that sound, but the frustration that very often went with it. In the Old Testament, there was this, there was this uh, connection or the way that people connected with God was that someone had to dial up. 
whether it was the high priest, whether it was the psalmist, whether it was the prophet, they had to dial up to get connected with the presence of God. My polite version of that conversation went like this. Lord, when you speak in this text, and this was the prompt for the for the polite conversation. Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20. If any two of you agree on earth about anything you request, it will be done for you by my Father who is in heaven. Because where two or three are gathered together under my name, I am there among them. It's another one of the promises of presence. Uh, I, The reason I asked that question, what were you thinking why did you say this was because I have a very good uh, grounding in orthodoxy, which says that uh, God is everywhere. God's the omni-everything God. He is omnipotent. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, almighty, uh, and, uh, and, and present everywhere. So I said, why did you need to say that? Where two or three gather together in my name, I am there. And he answered me straight away. And the answer was this, my throne is there. My throne is there. When two or three gather under my authority, my throne is there. This is not the omnipresence of God, but the ruling presence of God. This is not the take-it-or-leave-it presence of God. This is the in-your-face, you-cannot-ignore-this presence of God. This is the kind of presence that uh, causes people to uh, open their eyes a little wider, put their hand over their mouth and say, Wow, God really is here. Uh, and that's the, kind of the presence that we need, especially in times of trouble. Habakkuk 2 verse 14, you'll remember this from a few weeks ago, it said this, The earth will be covered with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. It's unmistakable. The way the waters cover the sea, you hardly become, you're hardly aware of the sea because the presence of the water is the dominant reality. And that's the kind of thing that Jesus is talking about here. He's saying, I'm going to be so present that you will not be able to ignore me and you will see me intervening on your behalf. We'll say more about that at the end. Jesus was actually quoting one of the Talmuds. In the Talmuds, which are the rabbinical uh, commentaries on Scripture, um, the, uh, one of the concepts that is raised in the Talmuds is the term Shekinah or Shekinah. Many Christians use the word Shekinah to talk about it. And this is what it means. to The word means to settle with intent. So the Shekinah is the presence of God that settles with intent. It settles with in that unmistakable way. It's an unmistakable taking up of residence, of dwelling, of being, of invading, if you like, the circumstances and the setting of people. So Jesus is, um, is referring to that because that same Talmud that describes the Shekinah says this. It said, 
where two or three read and submit themselves to Torah, the Shekinah is among them. Do you see the connection? Where two or three gather under the authority of Torah, which is the name and the word, the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. When we gather under his authority, then it goes on to say, the Shekinah, the, 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 the tabernacling presence of God, the invading presence of God is among them. And so two things that are reflected in John chapter 1, which Alan also shared with us last week. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and he made his tabernacle. He took up residence. He became present with intent. He settled in the land. And so, coming back to my question, what were you thinking, Lord? He said, my throne is there. And as soon as he says that, of course, everything becomes possible. As soon as you become aware that the throne of God is in the room, not just that presence of God that is everywhere in the stars and the clouds and the and, the, and in nature, and um, in the laughter of a child, and all of those things. That is the presence, the omnipresence of God. But here, he is saying, when my throne is in the room, uh, from there comes rulership, comes the decrees of the Lord, comes the commandments, comes the ability to send angels to do his bidding, comes legislation and and uh, uh, invasion intervention in every situation from the throne god issues wisdom he speaks wisdom and wisdom is the thing that makes sense of the facts the realities that are around us so if you're struggling with making sense of things invite the throne of god into the room and sit down with him and say now lord we're talking here not about my feelings, we're not talking about my, my thoughts and my confusion. Here, I want to hear you speak wisdom to me. When the throne of God is in the room, the possibility is that you will hear that wisdom of God. Uh, it, it is from the throne that God saves. Um, uh, Psalm 133 is a, is a beautiful reference to this, where it says where, how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. And he goes on to say, for there the Lord will command the blessing, even life forevermore. Salvation happens in the context where God sets up his throne and then commands blessing to go into the lives of people. I was reminded of 2 Timothy chapter 4, where Paul, in verses 16 to 18, speaks about the time that he was attacked and taken prisoner in Ephesus. And they dragged him to the arena. And they were about to throw him to the wild animals, to the lions. And this is what he says, The Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that I could tell them about Jesus. Um, and I was rescued out of the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me, he concludes, from every evil attack and will take me safely to his heavenly kingdom. 
So what is he talking about? Evil attack. What is the, the difference between an attack and an evil attack? An evil attack is something that is directly from the enemy that seeks to derail the purposes of God in our lives. To stop us short of fulfilling our, our mission. Paul was on a mission. Jesus had sent him and he said, you're going to stand before the emperor. And Paul hadn't arrived there yet. And so the Lord is not about to allow his promise or his, his command to Paul to be derailed by a little lion. And so he intervenes and he rescues Paul out of the mouth of the lion. It is from the throne that God acts with that kind of authority to save us. Uh, and so here's the good news. Since Jesus came, where he said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, he fulfilled a whole range of prophetic words, not just about presence, but about ruling presence. Psalm 22 verse 3 is an example of that, where it says, You alone are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. The Lord began in that conversation to unpack some of these uh, texts that talk about the ruling presence. Uh, that's, that's the first one. Where, where Israel gathers in surrendered worship to God, the Lord says, I'm setting up my throne. I'm bringing my throne from heaven and I'm going to set it up where you are. It's actually better to be where you guys are uh, when you worship like that. And so that's the first one that talks about uh, the way in which we invoke, invite, and engage with and appropriate the presence of God. To come back to my little um, excursion there about uh, dial-up modem, we're not on dial-up anymore, we're now on fiber. Now we no, we no longer have to wait for someone to get through. Now when we walk in, when we enter our lives, when we put our feet hit the floor in the morning, we're walking in the presence. But we have to engage with the presence so that it becomes the ruling presence. And so how do we do that? I'm going to finish with just a few practical thoughts about how we, how we engage with the presence of God. The first is that we are to invite and announce the kingdom of God. Jesus said, whenever you enter a house, say this, the kingdom of God is here. He also taught us to pray, let your kingdom come. Let your throne be set up right here as we're praying, right here and now. The second thing to do is to wait for him, to wait to see how he is moving, to see the, the flicker of a little finger, to see as he glances over towards something. Jesus said, I'm watching the Father all the time. And that's the reason why his actions were the actions of God. He was simply reflecting what he saw the Father doing. And so to do that, to wait for the Lord, we have to put aside the distraction of circumstances. We have to quieten our own confused thinking. We have to um, drill down through the storm of emotions. We have to kind of wake the Lord uh, when he is asleep in the boat or when we think he's asleep in the boat and say, Lord, 
I need you. I need you to stand up and rebuke the storm on my behalf. And so the third thing is to become aware of the presence of God and to bless the presence. To bless the presence in your house. To bless the presence in your circumstances. To bless the presence in every conversation that you're having. Whether on Zoom or uh, by telephone or face to face. We are to worship when the presence of God, um, when we become conscious of the presence of God. We are to put ourselves under his rule um, in that moment. Psalm 22 verse 3 is telling us that. The other one that I have also referenced already is to connect with other believers. We started off with the text in Matthew 18 that says where two or three gather together under my name. And I know that in these times of lockdown, it's, it's not always been possible, but find a way to gather, even if it's by, by Zoom, even if it is by telephone, even if it is over the fence, uh, even if it is keeping social distancing, but be together in spirit uh, with other believers, because where two or three are gathered together under his name, he is there, he's ruling presence is there and psalm 133 bears that out the last one is this be engaged with him in his mission matthew 28 says um, go into all the world go and make disciples of all the nations and he finishes up with this and lo i am with you always notice i am with you always Pay attention, I am with you always, even to the close of the age. Michael Cassidy once told me a lovely story about a uh, discipleship school that they ran at AE. And one of the preachers had preached from Matthew 28, um, or teachers had taught from it. And uh, Michael was in the grounds of the AE center there, and uh, he was walking along, and he saw a young guy walking past him or walking across his path and as he was walking he was shaking his head and he was going hey no go no low no go no low Michael stopped him said what are you saying he said that preacher he told us about this place where Jesus said go and low go and make disciples and lo, I am with you and as he was shaking his head he was saying no go no low if we are not engaged with him in his mission, we will not experience as much of the fellowship of his presence, the connectedness with his presence. Uh, very often people are looking for Jesus in their comfort, and Jesus is down the road with the poor. Jesus is in the place looking for the lost. Jesus is looking for that sheep that has gone astray. And we're sitting in the, in the sheep pen with the 99 and we're going, where's Jesus? Why doesn't Jesus show up? And he says, you can, you can be with me. Just share in my mission with me. So those are just a few ways in which we can drive the tent peg of the presence of God into uh, the place that we call hope. So I want you to just take a moment now. Let's pray. Let us appropriate the presence. Lord Jesus, we welcome you. 
We thank you that we're no longer on dial-up, but we're in uh, a place where uh, fiber, the fiber of heaven is everywhere, has provided for us not only a connection with you, not only the signal, but also the readiness to intervene on our behalf. You will run to the defense of those who are threatened by evil. You will save us from every evil attack. You will provide for us, as we heard last week, Lord. You, you will provide, you will protect, you will intervene, you will, you will be the, the God of intervention and power in the midst of our lives. And we welcome you. Right now, Lord, I welcome you to those who have been feeling uh, d down, who have in any way been distracted and in some, some ways depressed uh, by their circumstances. And I pray, meet them there. Meet them there like you met your disciples when they were rowing across a, a lake. Meet them there, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let your presence come. Let your presence come. Holy Spirit, you are the one through whom the Shekinah enters our lives. I pray, Lord, dwell with intent. Dwell with intent among us. Bless your people. Lift our hearts. We worship you. We declare again that you alone are God. That you love us. That you, you have a plan that will not be thwarted with our lives. We find the heartbeat of that plan in your presence. So we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again. God bless you. I'll see you next time.